Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Nick Augustine PR. Our 30-minute weekly guest call-in show covers local and national news and events in legal communities, as well as experts and current trends in practice management. We cover important decisions and issues that affect various practice areas, so get in touch and let's tell your story. Partial support for Law Talk Radio comes from our sponsor advertisers who cover our production fees for purchasing feature episodes, so we encourage all of our friends and colleagues to co-sponsor the production of our Law Talk Radio shows. You can send me an email for information on sponsor plans and benefits at nick at nickaugustinepr.com. Don't forget that on-demand links to all of our episodes and our host station are available on our website, nickaugustinepr.com, under the radio show tab right about in the middle of the page. Today's show is titled Free and Clear, Terry Cullen's Story and Next Chapter. And this is a quote from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article by Bruce Filmetti recently. Quote, after national headlines and nearly three years of litigation, the sensational prosecution of a Milwaukee reptile expert ended Friday with two non-criminal citations. Terry Cullen met all the conditions of an agreement announced in November and so ended his long legal battle with some fines and a fraction of the restitution sought by the woman who started the case, end quote. Terry Cullen is considered among the top experts in the world in the study and care of crocodilians and reptiles and has worked with hundreds of species in his career. His work has allowed us a new surprising glimpses in the actual lives and characters of many heretofore misunderstood or mischaracterized animals, such as the Cuban crocodile being a prime example. What happened to Terry Cullen could happen to anyone caring for animals where government agencies rely on shoddy intelligence and knee-jerk decisions based on false assumptions. A quote from the Milwaukee Journal article, quote, My life was destroyed, said Cullen, age 63, in a courthouse hallway, quote, My health, finances, and reputation. I was not guilty of anything. So, on today's broadcast, we're going to talk about a brief history of the charges filed against Terry Cullen in 2010 and their dismissal this year in 2013, a brief awareness of the nefarious actors out there who can ruin people's lives and careers with false allegations, then we'll talk about how the media and courts of public opinion can convict people before they have an opportunity to face their accuser, and finally, we'll talk about the supporters rallying to help rehabilitate Terry's damaged character and career. By short disclaimer, this is a general information program and advice shared on our shows does not constitute legal advice. Communications with our guests and callers cannot give rise to attorney-client relationships. And if you have questions, you should consult with an attorney in your area and all broadcast rights are reserved. Getting moving, I want to mention that there is an initial show uh, that Terry and I did some time ago. You can find a link to that in an embedded Law Talk radio player on a WordPress blog we created uh, back in 2010. I'll read the title. The title that you can search under Google to find this is, quote, Terry Cullen and his career in crocodilian and reptile research and conservancy. 
Uh, you'll be able to, uh, or if you just do a search for Terry Cullen and Law Talk Radio, you should be able to find links to that program as well. It's a one-hour uh, broadcast that uh, took place in December 4, 2010, highlighting the uh, compelling story and what was then uh, happening to Terry. Terry is here today as our guest, and I'd like to welcome Terry Cullen to our program. Thank you, Nick. One thing I would like to say uh, at the inception is I would like to dedicate this program to someone that uh, I know was a friend of yours and a dear friend and uh, something of a savior to me, private investigator Susan Carlson, who passed away suddenly and tragically about two weeks ago. Uh, Without Susan, my situation would have been even worse than it was, and Susan did a yeoman's job of uh, investigating not just the person who accused me, but many, many of the peripheral people involved in this case and has uh, left a legacy of huge, huge data uh, pertaining to many of the other nefarious individuals that were uh, somehow involved in my case. Terry, that's a very nice tribute, and I agree. It was was tragic to hear of Susan's passing. She had been a guest on Law Talk Radio several times and also invited me to speak to the National Association of Legal Investigators here in Chicagoland a couple summers ago, and she was a good friend and always supportive um, and uh, it's really a great loss for, for all of us. Moving forward, Terry, let's talk a little bit. Could you give the folks at home who may not know your story a brief summary of what happened in 2010 and uh, what led to your uh, criminal charges being dismissed uh, this spring? Well, there probably is no brief way to do it. Uh, the one thing I will say right at the in- again at the inception of what we're talking about is I was never guilty of anything I was charged with, nothing. This was an orchestrated effort on the part of a number of different entities, and it's hard to say whether or not these entities uh, worked in chorus from the beginning or if some of them just piled on when it was apparent that they could do so. What happened was I was uh, in Texas, and I was about an hour or two from signing an absolutely wonderful agreement with the Chinese government uh, to work with the remaining Chinese alligators uh, in the wild. These are the most critically endangered of all crocodilians, with uh, probably fewer than 100, maybe fewer than 50 remaining in the wild, desperately in need of work and desperately in need of, of the type of work we were going to do. And uh, when many of the other larger conservation organizations had failed, uh, myself and my associate had managed to get the attention and trust of a number of the Chinese officials, and uh, we were, as I said, just hours away from signing this agreement when I got a call from my longtime associate, Jane Flint, saying that they had broken into our buildings, had slaughtered our dogs, and that they were taking her to jail. Who was they? They were the Milwaukee police, uh, the uh, city attorney's office, um, we're still not sure how many people were in at the very beginning, but they uh, they absolutely destroyed buildings that we had. Uh, they confiscated animals that they had absolutely no idea what they were doing with. Uh, they had no idea how to care for them. And as it always seems to be the case where animals are confiscated, they take them from a better place and put them in a worse place. They took over 240 animals and stuffed them into two municipal garages that were unheated on days that were 43 degrees. We had a uh, police detective named Lieutenant Felician who was uh, in charge of the whole operation. 
who ironically is in charge of something called the Intelligence Fusion Center in Milwaukee. Actually, he's not in charge of the Fusion Center. He's in charge of selling the Fusion Center. And for people who might be interested in this, there's a gentleman named John Bush, B-U-S-H, who has a site called Defuse, who's trying to expose what these fusion centers are. Also, uh, Jesse Ventura, former governor of Minnesota, did two programs on them, and uh, what he got in return was having to move out of the United States under heavy guard. Um, as to what as to what was behind this or who was behind this, it's hard to say, but I was accused of sexually assaulting a woman that I barely knew and had barely met. I was accused of, uh, I don't know, 14 or 15 counts of animal abuse. Uh, from start to finish, it was fraudulent. The uh, prosecutor in the case... Um, was the only one who ever prosecuted anyone that my accuser, Jennifer Rushing, uh, had gone after. Uh, Jennifer Rushing has a history of accusing people falsely of assaulting her. And uh, we found, without, without giving an exact number, a significant number of people who she had accused and who immediately... Uh, debated that uh, they were ever involved with anything having to do with assaulting her. So there we have the sort of the initial set. Um, hmm. What happened after it was, as you and a number of other people have said, virtually a holocaust of things. Um, I, was, uh, I was sitting in my, my lawyer's office while they were saying I should be giving myself up, even though we had called the police station repeatedly and said I was there. Uh, it was like a very sick game. Uh, the police and their, their press person simply lied over and over and over again. Um, it, was, uh, it was beyond anything I could possibly believe could happen. Uh, when it first went down, I had absolutely no idea who this person was that was claiming I had sexually assaulted her. How did the case proceed then over over time through what initial happened in 2010 through this the charges being dismissed against you this spring? Well, it, it just it never seemed to end. Uh, no matter what we did, we were stopped, tripped, blocked from almost everything. The state refused to over and over again refused to turn over uh, items that we had requested uh, under discovery. Um, there was situation after situation with the judges that were just incredible. Um, when we finally got with a judge who uh, we felt was at least a competent judge, um, that would have been Judge Borowski, uh, it was at a time when a number of other uh, things had occurred, including one of my attorneys being pushed off of the case by the district attorney's office in Milwaukee. Uh, this, by the way, was the attorney that had the most success up to that point and was closest to getting a settlement in this case and getting it thrown. Uh, ironically, uh, his name is Dennis Krieger. Dennis was uh, forced off of my case and another very high-profile case that was a John Doe case involving the governor of Wisconsin. And uh, to this day, uh, Dennis is more than bitter about it, and uh, as am I. There was just one game after another game after another game, and these games weren't fun or funny. And now, Terry, you had talked about also the FBI at some point getting involved. Well, the police were were merciless as far as this whole thing was concerned. I mean, they 
They hunted me. They haunted me. They did everything imaginable. And this is after I was processed and everything should have been left alone. And, uh, you know, I would show up in the yard of one of my buildings, and next thing I know I had someone's foot on my face and I was laying on the ground uh, being told not to move. Um, this continued until I involved an FBI agent, um, a very senior forensics FBI agent named John Larson, and uh, he in turn put me in touch with other federal officials, and uh, I proceeded from there to involve higher authority. Now, uh, a very interesting thing was that uh, once the local police discovered that the FBI was involved, all of a sudden there was a complete backing off of their presence. Stop following me, stop at least following me closely. Uh, a lot of the harassment stopped, and uh, interestingly, there was a lot of buzz that went around about what was going on with me after that. You know, it's a really interesting, uh, uh, you know, thought. You know, when you tell someone that things like this are happening, people don't want to hear that. People don't want to believe that that's possible or believe that that's true. And it is shocking to hear ongoing reports of behavior and activity uh, as you're describing it. And, uh, I, you know, I will agree after talking to you over the years that your case has certainly been uh, riveting and compelling and a lot of interesting things have happened. So after all this has gone on, you eventually were able to have the charges, the criminal charges, dismissed. That's correct. I have no criminal charges against me. All criminal charges were dismissed against me. And... Uh, the uh, the prosecutor never had a case to begin with. Unfortunately, that didn't seem to matter. And uh, there's there's some thought by a couple of the people who were doing investigations that the prosecutor may have known from the very beginning that I was innocent. Uh, there there's I'm not saying it was my thought. I'm saying it was it was thought that was brought up. And uh, I'm not going to say I disagree with it because I I don't know that we've got all the pieces of the puzzle yet. We've got a lot of them. And we've got a lot of pieces of the puzzle that people are going to wish that we didn't have. Um, there are any number of players in this that uh, waited in for their own particular selfish reasons. Um, you know, there, there are a few things that were kind of like little vignettes that stand out in this case, and I'll, I'll just cite a couple of them. We had uh, a federal, a high-ranking federal law enforcement person from U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Uh, come and testify, and he testified that he had never given the local police the information that they used on the warrant, which, by the way, was of absolutely no value. The warrants, warrants, as I understand it, and you can correct me on this, Nick, because I'm not an attorney, but as I understand it, warrants have to have two things. They have to have fact, and they have to have a law that supports that fact or is involved with that fact. And in my case, the fact that they had was that I was holding Chinese alligators illegally and holding them without a permit. That simply was untrue. And the law was 29.604 of the state code. Well, 29.604 of the state code has absolutely nothing to do with Chinese alligators. And as a matter of fact, under sub 6 sub C, it specifically says that it accepts any animals that are on the U.S. endangered species list that are not native to the state of Wisconsin. So there's a specific exception in there, in that law. So that law had absolutely no application in what was going on. 
So you didn't have fact and you didn't have law. Then you go to this official saying that he never even talked to this detective Simmert who claimed that uh, he had spoken to him and told him about Chinese alligators. And he also said that if he had been asked about Chinese alligators, he certainly would have remembered it and would have had to have checked on it because he didn't know anything about them. We had a uh, DNR warden named Blankenheim make the same claim. Federal agent said, nope. He says, I did speak to Mr. Blankenheim, but the only thing I talked to him about was wolves. Nothing to do with Chinese alligators. Now, we have a federal official here who's held to a much higher standard than some of these local characters are. And, uh, you know, he's a high-ranking guy. And the interesting part is he's the guy with no pony in the race. He has absolutely nothing to gain or lose by what he says on either direction. The judge comes out, and this was not Judge Borowski, this was Judge Conan. The judge comes out and says that uh, the federal official is lying. And he finds him not credible. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, it's just, it was just, uh, you, you know, my jaw dropped after that. And it was one of many, many times that this happened. Uh, we would we would see these sort of out-of-left-field comments or rulings that uh, started to make you think that there were ties and connections going on underneath here that we uh, we really needed to get at. And some of them we really did get at, and we are now holding for, we hope, uh, what will be future action. I Terry, this you know every time I hear details of what you have gone through, it is really astounding and it's a shocking and compelling story. We're going to pause for a quick break and then come back and talk about some of uh, the other victims here, all the animals that were in Terry's care um, that he has now been trying to locate and with not a lot of success of finding living animals. And again, the animals were really true victims in this matter. We're just going to pause uh, quickly and tell you about our uh, new marketing program at Nick Augustine PR. We do have new affordable outsourced marketing and publicity plans. They're available through Nick Augustine PR ranging from $300 to $1,400 per month. We execute key elements of your marketing and publicity plans, including social media administration, blog work, press release writing, internet radio podcast production, and monthly newsletters to tie it all up for your friends and contacts. We do practice referral marketing, and we pay monthly referral fees to the affiliates who send clients our way. So don't forget about uh, to ask how you can join our Affiliate Power Partner Program. You can contact Nick Augustine at nick at nickaugustinepr.com, where we keep your marketing machine moving so you can focus on work. Now getting back to our program with Terry Cullen here, following his uh, 2010 arrest and uh, seizure and raid of his properties in Milwaukee where many animals were in his care. Terry, tell us a little bit about the the scope of how many animals were in your care, how long you've had those animals, where the animals came from, and where you believe that they are now. Well, I can try to answer those questions to the best of my ability, but first of all, um, a very large proportion of those animals had been in my care for over 25 and in some cases over 30 years. I have documentation to show that. I have federal affidavits to show that. Even the feds, who were not in any way um, problematic with me on this as far as U.S. Fish and Wildlife, I'd worked hand-in-hand with them on a number of different things. I had helped to release crocodilians with them and teach some of their people how to do it. Um, We have taken many animals that were confiscations and held them for U.S. Fish and Wildlife over the years. Uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, by and large, is a pretty fair organization, and uh, they didn't, uh, you know, once the initial furor of this was 
was gone, um, not only did they want no part of it, but I spent a fair bit of time up at the regional office with the regional director of law enforcement and uh, trying to see what we could do to salvage the animals, salvage me, and salvage my reputation. Uh, and I have to say that the folks from U.S. Fish and Wildlife were, were nothing but accommodating and more than sympathetic to what had gone on. Um, I think there will be another chapter coming out of this that will involve U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, perhaps uh, pursuing some things against people who had uh, done damage to these animals by what they, what they did and what their actions were. Um, the, the, the number of animals that died is just legion. It's just incredible. It's, it's horrific for me to even think about. It's the sort of stuff that uh, Jane and I have nightmares about on a very regular basis these days. And uh, well, now, Terry, Terry, when this originally, when the story originally broke in the media, I'd like to hone in a little bit on the media's attention. And um, it, in some accounts, you were accused in uh, slant. They basically called you a hoarder, animal hoarder. And you know, in 2010, um, I think that one of those new hoarding programs had come out. So this is a topic that was a buzzword in a lot of homes, and I think people uh, have a tendency to jump right on uh, the large amount of animals that you had and say, bing, here's a hoarder. Um, and in, in reality, what, what, what I saw in the photographs that you had shared with me, um, it was quite an organized uh, set of facilities that you ran. Um, talk a little bit about how you felt about the media's treatment and being labeled a hoarder. The only word I can come up with is reprehensible. Um, the media... Uh, treated me the way they treat so many things these days. They look for anything that could possibly be salacious and play it up to the nth degree. They care nothing about ruining someone's life or reputation. They only want the next salacious headline. They want the next Casey Anthony. Whether or not Casey Anthony was guilty, they put her through 18 different trials while she was on trial, and it was all media-generated. That should never have even made national news. It should have been something that stayed in the courtroom and was handled by a jury. End of story. And instead, probably at the insistence of an increasingly ignorant American public, we have enabled these media people to go out and create situations and create stories, which is exactly what they did with me. I mean, they came up with pictures I'd never even seen before, animals that were supposedly dead that were mine. That, uh, that that were a joke, you know. Whether they were provided by the police or who they were provided by, I don't know. And one other thing that's really important is that no one did any due diligence on my accuser. And I will tell you a few quick things about my accuser. My accuser believed that she was an indigo woman. Indigo people are folks who uh, believe they were either born or created somewhere else, like another planet or another dimension, and they've been sent to Earth to help save it. Um, she believed that she could materialize wolves out of a light that came out of her chest. This is all in her own words, by the way, and on the Internet, and we have uh, copies of this stuff for anyone who wants to challenge me on it. She also claims to have seen a unicorn on a boat trip recently. She also claims to have a dragon, a personal dragon, that's purple and magenta in color, and that's only visible at certain times under certain conditions. She also has an invisible shark totem that follows behind her left foot where she was allegedly bitten by this shark. 
and it just goes on and on and on. She believes she is a uh, third-degree fairy, whatever the world that means, and that she can travel freely from realm to realm. She's a frequent visitor on a website called Doreen Virtue, and uh, if you want a real experience in, in unreality, take a read of that and see how many people are seeing angels and fairies on a very regular basis. Uh, then they didn't check to see if this woman had ever accused anyone before. Well, we found a very interesting link between this woman and the Streamwood cop who took the story and took the initial complaint to Milwaukee. Found out that he, in fact, was involved with the family in a business deal having to do with vitamins that he sold. And, you know, it just gets worse. Worse and worse and worse. It was, uh, it was horrific. How anyone could give credence to a woman with this kind of a background, with this kind of a history, is beyond me. And yet there it went. I was the bad guy because I was supposedly a hoarder, and I was referred to as a, at one point as a barely literate, demented animal hoarder. Interesting. Again, the courts of public opinion versus courts of law, and Terry may have very well been convicted in the sense that his character and reputation in his area in Milwaukee are ruined. Um, you know, Terry, what's it been like getting back? Uh, we only have about five minutes left. What has it been like trying to salvage your professional reputation? I mean, you're worldwide, you're known worldwide for your work. Um, so how has it been and, and, and what are you doing now? And are you hopeful that you're going to be able to pull through with uh, any positive uh, aspects in your career? Um, I know it's just going to be a, a tough challenge for you. It's beyond a tough challenge. It's much worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, over the years, I had done just hours and hundreds of hours of pro bono work for the Wisconsin Humane Society, for the Mitchell Park Domes, for the Ware Nature Center, and lots and lots of other organizations, nonprofit organizations. Never charged anyone a penny for the stuff that I did. And any honorariums that were given to me were immediately put to the conservancy that I was affiliated with. Um, so I never took a penny for any of it. And uh, my reputation has been so badly sullied that I can't even find someone to work with me anymore. Because the first thing that happens, of course, is they, even, even though I try to bring it up to them right away so that there's no question in their mind that this happened, no one wants to be associated with me. And that is in this business and also another business that I had. Uh, it's just phenomenal the damage that it did. No one, no one wants to be around me in the aftermath. I've lost friends. I have had relationships completely ruined. And uh, I've had to stay out of Milwaukee uh, for my own safety at the advice of a number of individuals, including people from higher authority and uh, attorneys and investigators. They really ran you out of town, didn't they? They did more than that. They did more than that. Uh, I guess the only good part of it is, is that internationally, the international people didn't believe a word of it from the very beginning, and I've had constant support from them, including my colleagues in the Crocodile Specialist Group. Uh, the AZA zoos were part and parcel to what happened to me on many levels, and uh, the investigating that we did of them turned up some just incredible things that we will be using as we proceed forward. Well, Terry, there's got to be some people out there who have got your back. Um, you know, do you, uh, what, what are your next steps? I'm not sure, Nick. 
I really don't know. I mean, I'm uh, I'm treading water in the middle of a maelstrom. And uh, for those of you who don't know what a maelstrom is, I better identify that as a whirlpool. Um, it's it's a really difficult situation, and you know I've I've lost so much that I don't know how I'm going to climb up. I really don't. Yeah. If there you are know, people it, who are, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, if there are people who are supportive of me, I'd sure like to hear from them. And I'd sure like to hear about anybody who doesn't want to end up like this. Because I will tell you, the so-called humane organizations like HSUS, which, by the way, is not a humane society, they're a lobby group only, uh, have caused more problems with this. They don't want people to own animals. These are power groups who want control over other individuals. They have nothing to do with what's good for animals, in spite of what they say. These are the PETAs, HSUS, Animal Defense League Fund, and all the rest of them. Well, that was a problem, especially with uh, Animal Legal Defense Fund. I remember I sent them a letter. Not I'm not your attorney. I'm not licensed to practice law, but as your publicist, sent them a letter to take down something on their website that said, Terry Cullen is accused of animal hoarding, therefore go, go support the prosecution at the court. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. You, I mean, it really was conviction without even having gone to court yet. It was really an upsetting thing. I want, we're almost out of time. I want to let people know that there is a blog out there. It's the Car- Terry Cullen Defense Blog. And again, it's the, the website for that is terrycullendefenseblog.wordpress.com. You can find that by searching for it on Google where you can leave a comment. Uh, we're going to be developing uh, different ways to, again, uh, try to increase awareness for other folks out there who stand accused of crimes involving animals and other things because, again, hot-button uh, topics like this, but especially in this case where crocodiles were involved, a lot of people uh, who don't know any better you get easily freaked out by the concept of reptiles and crocodiles. So had they been fuzzy bunnies, it might have been a different story. But um, uh, it's all about really communicating with people and letting them know uh, that there are people out there who are nefarious and bad things happen to good people, and good people can have their careers and lives ruined and run out of town at the uh, response to salacious allegations, just like Terry said. Terry, do you have any final comments? Yeah, the, the, the allegations don't have to be true, and you don't have to have any proof. That's what I learned the hard way. Um, there doesn't have to be one smidgen of proof against you. It just Terrible. doesn't matter. The only other thing I would like to say is that for those of you who are out there, and uh, if there are any folks who can and want to support me, I would sure like to hear from them. And uh, I would want to say one final thing, and that is to Bright Eyes, that uh, perhaps at some point in time you'll see what I really am made of in in a positive fashion. That's a personal comment. Uh, Nick, I want to thank you for uh, having me on the show, and uh, perhaps we can do it at the end sometime uh, when there's another chapter that's going on with my future legal battles with these people. All right. Well, I'll be here to tell the story. That's what we do here at Law Talk Radio. Folks who want to get a hold of uh, Terry Cullen or pass along a message can send me an email at nick at nickaugustinepr.com. I want to remind our listeners out there to visit the newsletter page at nickaugustinepr.com where they can sign up to receive free copies of our email updates and article links with short descriptions and links to our episodes on demand. Let us remind our listeners out there to please share our broadcast links in your social networks because that's how many people find our shows on their friends' Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google Plus pages. We thank all of you for your support in sharing our programming. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into this episode of Law Talk Radio, uh, produced by Nick Augustine PR and with support from our local sponsors, 
Again, Law Talk Radio episodes are programmed to entertain you and bring you our legal industry professionals, consumers, and guests the tips, tools, and news you can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers. As always, this is Nick Augustine for Law Talk Radio, and I thank you for your time.